take three deep breaths right now, breathing in and breathing out, wherever you are. Notice how you feel in your body and your mind and come into the present moment. Hello and welcome to And Breathe. My name is Rebecca Dennis and I am a breath coach and this podcast is here to help you understand the power of your breath. Each episode, you'll hear experts and inspirational people from all walks of life share their stories and experiences that have changed their lives for the better. And throughout the podcast, we'll be sharing tips on how our breath can help us through challenging times and how it's much more than just an inhale and an exhale. I'm excited to share with you that accompanying each episode will be an exclusive breathing exercise. You can come back and listen to these at any time you feel the need. They are free, easy to use, relaxing exercises, and the more you practice, the more you'll feel the benefits. I've specially designed these to help you navigate through life by reducing stress and anxiety, getting better sleep, feeling more clarity, focus, gain self-confidence, and bring you more energy. You can find these breathing exercises wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for And Breathe. So let's move on with the podcast. Sharing breathwork with groups and individuals around the world means I get to meet some incredible people in the wellness industry. In this episode, we're going to meet one of these people and explore themes around self-love, grief and inner activism. I have a very special guest who is a wonderful and wise human. She's the founder of a transformative program, The Bridge, which we'll be hearing more about. She originally trained as a social worker, specializing in child protection, and has delivered courses internationally in a wide variety of environments, including women's refuges, schools, and prisons. Donna is passionate about the subject of grief and the grieving process, which she believes offers the missing link for many in their search for wholeness. When we speak about grief, it can be a real conversation stopper. It can make people feel awkward and uncomfortable. Sometimes we aren't ready or willing to share our rage, our anger, sadness, guilt, and all the feelings that come with grief. And in our culture, we're encouraged to move on. Donna creates a space for people to not necessarily move on from grief, but move through it. We also speak about the importance of self-love and how when we begin to make change within ourselves, we take that out into the world and create a ripple effect. So let's take a deep breath and begin with my fabulous guest, Donna Lancaster. It's so lovely to have you here today. Pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm so pleased that we actually managed to make this happen at last after however many months I've been trying to get you and us to our diaries to sync up so um yeah it's really great to um to have you here and just to for you to share some of your wisdom and you know your your uh, your backstory and also really what we're going to be talking about today which I know that you're really passionate about which is the subject of grief which sounds like quite depressing, but actually <laughs> I know that you um, you seem to be able to bring out the magic of, you know, within this subject and help people to to access like this, this really important emotion. Um, but am I right? It's like you've had 25 years of experience in, in therapy and you started as a 
social worker working in child protection. Is that right? That's and then... right. Yeah, it's actually 30 years. It's my wow. website hasn't been updated. Okay. <laughs> but it's actually 30 years that I've been in this, uh, in the sort of personal development therapeutic world. Yeah, 30 years. Yeah. Goodness me. I know, yeah, I know, so you so. must have seen a massive change. But you started as a social worker, didn't you? And then I did. you've and you've taken a lot of programs into women's prisons and women's refuges and working in schools as well. And what do you think what what's like how did what drew you to do that sort of work? Or did it just happen? No, I, def- I don't believe these things happen. Yeah. I think what happened for me was that I was um, basically drawn to social work and no surprise child protection because of my own history. Mm. And so for me, it was very much um, what I realised later, not at the time, but when I first started to train to be a social worker, I was like 20 or something and having and specialised in child protection. And it was like looking back, I realised that I was trying to save myself. It was like all these children that I was working with as a social Social worker it was really about trying to save myself mm. it was the seeing in these families the little children that were versions of myself so I'm not I'm not sure it's particularly healthy because I was so wounded still yeah but that was that was the very beginning of me sort of going into that line of work with a uh, a good intention but my wounds were too great for me to see clearly what needed to be done so because you hadn't had that therapy at that time to deal, I guess, with your own wounded exactly. child. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, and it's, to be honest, I think it's true of so many people in the therapeutic world, not just social work, is that yeah. people are drawn to that, to this line of work because there's something that resonates for them about their own history. But I do believe now, coming, you know, 30 years on, that unless you really heal your own wounding, it's very hard to be healthily functioning in this line of work it has an impact on you and you don't see clearly what is needed for other people Mm. if that makes sense yeah no absolutely no I I agree clouds Um, your vision yeah and so now 30 years later and I mean I met you when was it I think it's like six years or seven years ago because my little one was he was about one or two and Somehow, like I'd managed to manifest, I still can't quite believe that I managed to do this, like to get you and Alan Dolan, who was teaching breathwork, and he was my mentor at the time, and he's a real master of breathwork as well. And I'd heard a lot about the Hoffman process, and I heard that you were like one of the senior trainers at the time. I think you might have just been sort of leaving, leaving there. Um, And... I myself, although I'd already like, you know, like you, I'd done a lot of work. I've been, you know, working with therapies probably, you know, since 15 years and different holistic therapies and just started to come into breathwork. But again, a lot of stuff was coming up and I managed to get this four days with you and Alan, which was like my own process. And it was really, really powerful. And I just remember that you helped me to access parts of my story which I'd been quite, you know, as you know, my history was with depression and, you know, I managed to come off medication with breath work, but there were still some stuff, parts of my story that I hadn't authentically, you know, and we talk about forgiveness and, and moving on, but authentically I couldn't really get some peace around that. And somehow you managed to sort of sit in this chair where you, you, you reached that and you, you helped me to really find some peace around that so that's kind of how I first experienced the power of your work 
and um, and then since then you've you've created your own um, program, haven't you? Which is called the Bridge, and uh, and I've heard amazing things about that as well. And I know that you've done the film, which was a brilliant film as well, which I came to watch about that. But could you explain a little bit more about how you came to create that and why? What was the importance of creating that for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, thank you, Vex, for that. It was um, about what you said about our uh, work together because it was it was also, for me, pivotal in the very beginnings of creating the content of the bridge. Mm. So some of the work that I actually did with you was preparing the, the ground for that, so thank you as well. Um, and, um, and it's also good to hear because I'm not even sure if we've actually spoken properly in that sense about that work yeah. since then because yeah. we've both been so busy doing our, doing our thing. But So, um, yeah, in terms of the creation of the bridge, I mean, it's, it is, I always say to people, and it sounds a bit grand, but it's not, I don't mean it that way, I'm just going to say it that anyway, is that it's like my life's work. It's like a culmination of every heartbreak I've healed and grieved, every book I've read, every training I've been a part of, every training I've delivered, every person I've worked with, it's all of it has helped create with my co-founder, Gabby Kruger, this piece of work. And also none of it's ours. And what I mean by that is it's already out there in existence. We didn't come up with this magic um, experience, although it has magic in it, but it, it's, it, I think what makes the bridge very special is that we've blended um, all our wisdom and Gabby's got her own sort of 30 years as well so we've got yeah. this collective like 60 years, 60 years yeah. of collective wisdom and experience so we basically really took from the most really effective uh, therapeutic modalities and we've blended that with really ancient ritual practices ceremony mm. and it's that beautiful blend I think which is what makes the bridge really special and so it feels like yeah my life's work has led me here my life has led me here and I know um, you'll understand this when I also say that I you know it's been a real as you know yourself struggle at times to kind of build this business and and um, people to really understand what we're trying to offer in the world in yeah. terms of the bridge I, I agree because it's like you're it's almost like there's another force that's driving behind exactly. it isn't it and um and sometimes you have no idea kind of how the pe if the people are going to come and there's like it's not like we're on like a fixed salary or anything like that you're sort of just trusting that that somehow it's going to manifest itself because it's something that you just so strongly believe in yes but it has um I mean, you, it's just gone from strength to strength, hasn't it, now yes. with your retreats? And they seem to be booked out all the time. And often I send my clients. Yes. If I know, you know, I was working with breathwork and and uh, and it's the same with breathwork as, as well. And what I've learned over the years and the different teachers that I've learned with, it's not just one breathwork that I teach. It's, you know, you bring in these different rituals and modalities and body work and healing work as well. And, and that's all part of the the learning but it's more about kind of the remembering isn't it yeah, totally. it's not really kind of about learning new tricks it's just about remembering what we've forgotten exactly. isn't it and how we've been conditioned and then sort of just coming back to that space really of like who we are um and well you know with with me and some of my clients especially when clients that I've that come to see me who have experienced grief which comes in many forms doesn't it mm. when it comes in like you'll probably explain it a lot long better than me you write about it in my book as well and breathe um 
but how it comes, you know, when I get, you know, people have like lost someone, but also it can be a loss of innocence or bereavement or um, um, loss of self. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, loss of self. Yeah, for so many it. people. Yeah, it's like who those questions that when we hit a wall in life, it's like who the hell am I? What's it all about? Mm. You know, and that you know what happened to that part of me that was full of life and joy, totally. and where has she or he gone? Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's a big part of grief is is the loss of connection to to yourself, your true self, and mm. also a big. A big one for me is loss of connection to creativity. Yes. You know, to be able to express yourself as you do, as we do as children, through play, through creative expression in all its forms, singing, dancing, the, the wonder of that, the magic yeah, of that. because like when we're children, when we're babies and when we're toddlers, we just do not care, do we, about no. what people think, think about us. No. And we just express exactly how we yeah. feel and it's not until we kind of get told to quieten down yeah. or that felt awkward or that didn't fit in so then we shut down those little parts of ourselves and then and then we just in that way of like conditioning so throughout throughout life I guess it's like when we're in the work that you do and I guess in the work that I do as well but especially when I send people when I feel like they're very stuck and then to come and do a week with you it's just like an unlocking isn't it some of those doors that have been very really really shut and they've yeah. been shut for a really good reason haven't they yeah of course um and so it's important to i guess it's that's with you it's like to hold a really safe that's that's what i love about the work that you do you hold a really safe container yes for people yes because there's often stuff that comes up which um can potentially leave people really discombobulated mm. can't it for and sure people can get like blasted wide open mm. Um, when they because I guess we all have this story don't we and this perception of like our lives and then and when you're doing this deep work that you're doing and you're going into the depths of like those layers of emotions mm. then um, you're maybe seeing things in a very very different way and yeah it's important isn't it with your work that you do hold a safe container for that isn't it it's everything Bex, because if you don't hold a safe container people don't trust and if people don't trust their bodies their system their their soul won't do what it needs to do you know to to come back to themselves and you know this as well as i do with mm-hmm. your um breath work is that you have to feel safe and so um you and to learn most people you know that come on the bridge and I'm sure a lot of people that you work with is that they don't feel even safe in themselves and they felt so unsafe that they've left their bodies yeah. and um, in different forms and so w- what we do from the minute that they come into contact with us for the for the bridge is it's really about loving people and really in how we speak to them in how we see them and giving them really positive attention and regard and respect and all the things we needed as children and most of us didn't get one way or another yeah is we offer that to people so that by the time they've even landed on the retreat they've had a kind of even if it's painful because it's so unrecognizable they've had a taste of what it is to feel loved and that is everything that's everything and yeah, so it we, has to we feel don't safe. talk about love like enough do we We know the consequences of like lack of love or absence of love but it's like we we're sometimes I think we're like afraid to to speak about love sometimes aren't we and and it's such a powerful powerful force and when we talk about things like self-love that can sound quite sounds quite American I guess because it would 
like when it comes from those Americans like with therapies and self-help books mm. and when they're talking about love yourself and it's like a not very British thing yeah it? yeah to kind of go yeah I love myself yeah um we're kind of more like kind of looking at the parts of ourselves that we could improve on or we're comparing ourselves to others or like we're wanting this external approval and so when you're taking people into this space of love but it's also really I mean that you know we obviously it's important for us to be loved by our friends and families and people around us but the most important person is to love us is we need to love ourselves don't mm, we for sure and that's can be a really uncomfortable journey can't it or quite yeah would you say definitely and it, I think it's um you know the whole kind of self-love movement yeah there's of course there's that kind of British cynicism and and if you as I say live from the neck up then you're going to judge it um you know the whole concept of self-love but when you've really entered and live in your heart it doesn't it you know self-love is to me it's it's all love you know it's all about love and I've got no problem with that mm. because um uh, because I really understand what it what it feels like to really love myself and be okay with that. And of course, I've had to go against the kind of Britishness myself, but um, I'm I'm you know too long in the tooth to worry about that. But I really model that to people as well in the work. Is and and grief is in my view the missing link because unless you grieve what you didn't get or what you did receive, yeah. it's really really hard to to offer yourself positive regard positive attention be be loving and affectionate in your thoughts and how you treat your body all of those things absolutely it's, it's virtually impossible because yeah you you, you, or you for many people they don't know how to do it as a starting point anyway and then we've got society invested in us feeling am I allowed to swear shit about, shit about ourselves, ourselves. <laughs> yeah. feeling shit about it. and it's like you know make sure you continue to feel not good enough because yeah. then you'll buy stuff drink stuff eat stuff and snort stuff thank you very much Ka-ching, you know yeah. and so you know with the work that we do we're invested in people coming back remembering who they really are and who they were before those wounds and then living from that place yeah really shining and going yeah here I am and I'm and not in a kind of grandiose yeah, and I don't need more and I don't no. need like kind of these extra things to make me feel these quick fixes totally to make me feel better about myself like it's almost like when you know when you sometimes when people like they need another car or they need like yeah, a bigger yeah. bathroom or kind of a better kitchen because it's kind of all of a sudden when you go shopping you get that hit don't you yeah. because it make you feel better about yeah. yourself yeah um and I guess when we go back to grief it's like griefing grief is not really something grief even isn't something in our society that we um are guided or shown how to do no. like in other other cultures Grief is com is really expressed, isn't totally. it? Totally, yeah. And, and sorry, yeah, no, go on. What were you going to say? I was just going to say exactly that. And I mean, what grief actually means? Because obviously, again, it's associated often just with bereavement, mm -hmm. and we're not talking about uh, grief in the just in, in in terms of bereavement. We're talking about what grief is is a natural reaction to any kind of loss. And we've mentioned some of those losses: loss of self, loss of innocence, loss of creativity, loss of connection to the divine, whatever that means to you. Yeah. These are all losses. And so we are not generally uh, shown 
learn how to feel our feelings, our sadness, our anger, our fears about what we've lost connection to. Um, and we know the reasons partly societal, partly generational, our parents or those that came before us don't show us how to do it, how mm. to feel and be with our feelings. I mean, it's just like so alien. And then we've got yeah. all this stimulation, all these distractions. And it's like, you know, like you said, like grief, it's not considered sexy. To me, it's the sexiest thing on earth yeah. because it's about really, really living from a light place. And that's the thing when people go, oh, you know, it's like a real party pooper if I say, oh, I work in the business of grief, you know, and then suddenly the kitchen's empty and, <laughs> and people are like, okay, yeah. you know. Yeah. And But for me, I'm like super excited about it, as you know, because I know what's possible is you go, you dare to go into those feelings. Mm. You dare to use your breath, use your body to clear your emotional system. And what comes back is your joy, your joie de vivre, your mojo. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, yeah, yeah I'll have some like, of that. If you're living life and you're kind of experiencing like these different emotions, like the highs that maybe like you, what you said about people like reaching out to get these highs that you kind of forget like that natural, you know, that we're, that natural state of joy that we can access at any time or that natural, you know, that state of love. But if we haven't, processed those emotions like if we're carrying like unprocessed grief sadness anger anger as well it's a big one isn't it Massive. people that like because i always see so many people like who have so much tension in their yeah. jaw yeah like physically how it manifests mm. in our body as mm. well and like that's another thing which we should talk about as well how it manifests in the body but if we're, you know, carrying around those emotions, those heavier emotions, then you can feel it, can't you? You you can feel it. Yeah. It's like when they talk about gut feelings or you talk about like your intuition or trusting your gut or, you know, all of these phrases that we that we've had for thousands, you know, for however many hundreds of years. But but then when we actually talk about um like you say, when you're pulling you in a in a dinner party, it's like, what do you do? Well, I kind of work with grief every day, and like, well, maybe like sometimes people would think it's like, oh, is that that's a bit self indulgent, mm. it's a bit self absorbed, mm. you know? Or what you're going to do some more like navel gazing, yeah, kind yeah. of going to work on yourself again? Haven't you mm. done enough therapy on yourself? Mm. Um, but ultimately, it's you know, if you can do that work on yourself, then you're going to be able to give so much more to other people totally. aren't you totally and that, this is the thing it's like if you if you go to the gym you know for a week you don't expect then to sustain any minimal changes that you would have to your physical um you know uh the benefits to your physical yeah. body yeah um you don't expect to be able to sustain that without continuing to go to the gym that's just what happens you mm -hmm. know whatever form of exercise you take and people see it as everyone knows that exercise is beneficial and to me that's why i call this work inner activism isn't navel gazing unless you're just still attached to what caroline may calls woundology when you're just saying yeah okay my name's donna and yes i was uh, you know, abused by my so and so at so and so over and over again. Yeah, it's really as a as a as a um, 
an intent with an intention of working through your grief around Donna and what happened to her as in the childhood with an intention of moving forward so that's not selfish at all but you do need to keep your system clear just yeah. as you need to keep your body healthy and that's where the breath comes in yeah it's like mental hygiene emotional yeah, hygiene totally. it's like we get taught to brush our teeth yeah and like how to clean ourselves totally. but we don't get taught like these fundamental lessons around like breathwork breathing through emotions yes and and how emotions feel in our body and what it does to our physiology yes. and how we can help to like cleanse and clean clean ourselves yes. rather than sort of just carrying it like it that 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 excess around with us exactly and it's you know like you know it's um you know better than anyone i guess that that um i was thinking about this on the train coming in is like the breath is one of the first things to go in terms of healthy breathing mm -hmm. when we are um, when we uh, are traumatized, when we are exposed to yeah. difficult, challenging life situations. And um, I've completely forgotten what I was. Well, we, say. we hold our breath, don't we? So we hold exactly. our breath Survival. when we when we control emotion and when we control pain. Yes. We hold our breath and we yes. tense our bodies. So there's like lots of people walking around with tight bodies and tight yes. jaws and tight schedules and yeah. tight, you tight, know, tight, tummies. Tight. <laughs> Everything's really tight. I know. And and it's like, I, I mean, it, it's just that, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really so obvious, isn't it? And then it's not like you say, so that's, yeah, so like what you were saying about physically is not really until people get maybe sometimes to this state where they're like, I'm burnt out. I yeah. can't work anymore. Yeah. I'm really enjoying my job. I'm having, like, some people are having a great time, you know, maybe not necessarily anything wrong in their relationship now or anything wrong in their job, but they're having panic attacks. Yeah. And they don't, you know, I get so many men that come to see me who are like, I'm having panic attacks and I have yeah. no idea why. Yeah, exactly. Or depression hits. Yeah. And it's, and it's because, like, they, you know, because of the, that, that hasn't been tended to yes that emotional history that emotional side hasn't been tended to and so the body then starts to give these like red signals alarm bells totally. to go um hello yeah you know i can't we can't keep going on yeah like this yeah and it's this thing as well i always say to people is it start those messages in the body they start off as a whisper there's a little niggle, yes. there's a little bit of, you know, IBS or a slight headache yeah. or a clenching of the jaw or something. And then we, because we are as well, I'm big on the sort of anti-warrior movement because, you know, we're big, like warrior women, mm. warrior men, it's like, plow on through endure and that's wonderful in in um certain moments and yeah. that's wonderful to survive some some childhood experiences but as a as a way of being to be a warrior is just to deny it's to treat your body like a machine it's to push on yeah. through yeah and again it's that like push 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 rather than than surrender and and again you ignore those whispers the little niggles the little health issues and it will get louder and louder and louder until it's screaming your body is screaming mm -hmm. and this is you know there's that great saying i love this saying that says if you do not share your story you will show your story yeah and you show it you can see i can see i look in 
thousands of people's eyes mm. in my in my 30 years and I can see in people's eyes their their anger their sadness their fears and and I don't, you know it's like you and see it in how they hold their shoulders the body. are how yeah, it's, yeah yeah you're so right and then all the conditions that people have you know mm. just the mental health issues around depression and anxiety etc but also all the all the kind of like the IBS that I mentioned the the um the gut issues the heart issues mm. the head issues they're just sort of general so many people come like on the bridge lower, like lower, lower back, back that's what I was well. just going to say yeah, exactly which is related to anger <laughs> way, often yeah um, so yeah. you know it's that thing it's, uh, people come and they say well I don't feel angry but my back is killing me can you get me an extra pillow yeah. and it's like and, and it's, it's interesting screaming. when people like you know, when you talk to them, like, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, can you, is there anything that you like, need to tell me? Oh, yeah, well, I haven't really got any trauma. Yes. I, I definitely, I haven't had any trauma in my life. Yeah. And then they start kind of, te- and then as it, you know, they start to kind of ease up a bit and then they start maybe telling you, like, kind of, this happened to me in life and this happened to yeah. me in life. I had this experience and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, what you've just explained to me is, is, trauma. is trauma. Yeah. And, and it's like, I think as well, it's like when we talk about trauma and we talk about, um, like this integration of trauma or working with trauma um, and how it manifests in the body, um, like PTSD mm. and stuff like that. Um, sometimes it can sound quite traumatic and then people are like, well, I haven't had any trauma in my life. But, you know, it's like it can be very physical sometimes. So sometimes it can just be stuff that's like, which maybe it was like when we were really little yeah. that we just didn't realise at that yeah. time for that little person that was actually really traumatic mm-hmm. and and it's again the same on the mental and emotional level as well and it's not really until we kind of get like it's all like getting into the layers isn't it getting into the layers getting into the stories and not like like you say it's not like we have to keep going over and over and over the these stories stuff. no it's just so that we can actually then just be free of them and not kind of just still carrying them around in whatever form yeah it's that thing that you know it's that thing of when you really when you really feel heard in your story, and you know Brené Brown better than anyone talks mm-hmm. about the, the the importance of people's stories being validated. You know when you really and and the reason people often repeat their stories. My name's Donna, and this happened to me, and when I was X, is because they don't feel heard. And so when they are able to really be witnessed in their story, really with loving, benevolent eyes, not someone that's just waiting to share their version of your story or or to to um, defend what happened to you. If you, for example, tell your mother how it was for you in your childhood, she said, oh, no, it wasn't, you know, that doesn't make you feel heard. But when you've got loving, benevolent eyes and ears gazing and listening uh, to you, at you it really allows you to then it's uh, what I believe it's like a sigh of relief for the wounded child part of you that frozen part of you that can then start to go somebody sees me in this pain and then the body judging me and they're not judging me exactly and then the body does its thing which is the body always is leaning towards healing it always wants Mm. to to heal just like when you cut your arm the miracle we break a bone we don't doubt it with a little bit of support of a cast your your arm break will heal the miracle of that and we don't doubt that but we don't trust that the same thing is is um can be applied to out into 
internal world yeah. with the right support we can heal mm. and that is that, that's a beautiful beautiful thing but it, it, what it means then is when we've he- had our stories validated seen heard and understood then we've processed through the body with breath other body based uh, practices it's then that like I say that frozen part of us grows up basically the yeah. child that's trapped within actually becomes an emotional adult and that's freedom and that is like like we say then you can you know like I I can sort of treat my story with some lightness yeah. you know sometimes I'll say to my my uh, friend and co-founder Gabby and we'll say something and I say oh you reminded me of my dad then and she's like oh yawn you know and yeah. we just laugh about mm-hmm. it it's not like I have a big you know issue with you reminding me of my father I've done all that yawn and I don't mean that disrespectfully it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's healed so yeah. there's no kind of reactivity yeah that's another there's a, thing. There's a lightness. There's to a lightness. It. And mm. that lightness comes from the grief work as well. Because yeah. when you really dare to go into the fire, it's like it really doesn't. And then that's stunned. where the forgiveness can yes. come as well, right? It's totally. just like understanding that our parents or those who, you know, maybe have hurt us, they were wounded children. Totally. As and well. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the problem that with for many people is what they do I think it was M. Scott Peck that described it as cheap forgiveness what Mm. I call neck up forgiveness is when we try and from here we go oh yeah you know like for me with my you know my dad yeah he you know he was a uh, you know very damaged individual came from South Africa a black man and you know da 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 give it all these reasons yeah. and it was up here right? Um, and it didn't touch my heart so I said oh I've forgiven him yeah dream on and then I would see him and want to smash his face yeah <laughs> that's the truth of yeah. it I or like tell that anyone. thing about reactions or yes. triggers when like kind of it said I always feel like kind of those little messengers that come into our lives when stuff happens where it's like maybe a confrontation or there's something like you know when you've had like an argument with someone or someone's upset you and normally like I've now I kind of see like those things when they happen as I'm quite grateful I'm like oh okay there's my little messenger of what I haven't quite sort of worked on yeah and when you go back to like interactive activism which is what you were talking about and um how when we when we do this inner work there feels like without going too way out there but I'm going to but like there is like a a big shift happening at the moment and it just feels like trauma is coming to the surface to be healed on many many levels totally and 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 that's where it's warrior work isn't it when you talk about the warrior in a different way it's kind of like for me like with my work as well whereas before I guess like you know when we'd want to get results and you know you know like sort of like this you know it's not about fixing people it's about how we can actually you know I work my way that I work now is just like it's very so much more gentle Mm. kind of like you don't need to kind of force your way into this mm. in order to you know when trauma is there it needs to be really really gently held and heard mm. doesn't it yeah and um yeah so that's been a that's been like a big learning for me but where this thing like with like trauma where it's yeah it's to, to show your vulnerability to be held in a space and then to be known that you're not judged I mean that's that's really fundamentally 
what the bridge is there, isn't it? To, totally. To do. And what you're saying about the warrior, I just want to clarify mm. that. When I said anti-warrior, what I mean by that is living day-to-day, moment-to-moment from that push, push, push place, yeah. which I did for 20 years of my life. And it served me very well and cost me very highly. Mm. You know. But what I mean by that is you whip out the warrior, uh, the peaceful love warrior, when you need to at things like Extinction Rebellion or when you're asserting your boundaries in your mm. life, you, you can whip out your warrior when you have to but you don't let her define you or him define you if that makes sense because that means that what to me if you're only living from a place of a warrior one is utterly exhausting and two it means that you are denying those softer more vulnerable parts of yourself which is a betrayal of yourself it's like if I only like I did for 20 years only lived as Donna the warrior it was push on through I'm a survivor I'm a survivor play play the theme tune but then actually to me Bex it was like saying to that Donna the four-year-old your story and voice don't matter shut up and and that's what it felt like because it was like vulnerability no hardens, thanks it hardens yeah, you it's doesn't a brittle it? becomes a, you can become yeah. a bit brittle yeah. whereas if you have got when you've opened your body and opened your your heart and your mind to, to that kind of integration of all parts of yourself which is what again I'm so passionate about is welcoming home that little part of you that feels not good enough or ugly or stupid or unlovable and it's like come on in you've got as much right to be in this life in this body on this earth as the part of me that's a warrior yeah and it's one it's welcoming all parts of yourself yeah and that takes grief it does takes grieving and it's it's like when you talk about like when we're all living from this not all of us but most of us living from this head neck up yes place yes more and more i mean because there's so much like so easy to just distract yourself of like Oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. Oh, I'm feeling like a bit sad. So I just, and you just find you just get onto Instagram or on your phone or just busy yourself with work and just kind of get busy, busy, busy. And and so it's just like that's it's just such a big distraction, isn't it? And with like this, I guess it's the importance of like kind of when we're talking about heart work mm. and this deep heart work when you actually spend that time to really feel those feelings that's why it's like when when you have these six days when you go on the bridge with you isn't it so there's no phones is it it's a complete detox isn't it you talk about the heart more yeah Yeah. i mean the one of the yeah the the easiest ways to keep us from into the neck up is obviously as you know by gadgets and overstimulation and so what we do on the bridge is we we invite people and it is an invitation it's not like people say you took our phones away and it's like no actually you surrendered them let's take responsibility we love a bit of blame don't we do do they do they sometimes do that like have they ever had like on the on the bridge when they're trying to get their phones back or no they oh yeah i mean we've had all sorts you know sometimes people bring two phones and they hide one and it's like listen (laughs) it's your call you know you're an adult somewhere in there and it's your call and and, but this is it's not meant because people see it as if they've got authority issues Mm. oh you know donna and gabby are telling us that we can't have a phone not at all i mean it's an invitation to see what it feels like to not have that stimulation not have that distraction and then what happens is the emotional blockages in the system can come to the surface to clear the body trying to heal but if you just keep going to your phone and just your second phone which is quite often <laughs> people come on day two sheepishly and they go donna i took a second phone here it is <laughs> 
that's like listen it's up to you but but um the most people honestly at the beginning of the week at the beginning of those six days people you know it's almost I always joke and say it's like you have to wrestle them to the ground not literally to to get their phone and at the end of the week we could flog that make a fortune of all those gadgets because no one wants them back yeah just a few days and using you know things like silence and nature and food as medicine that they are totally it's back to self you know because it's connection isn't it absolutely it's all coming back to this connection and that's like live in such a disconnected world don't we yeah and wanting like this this quick fix and stimulation and and you know people more and more find it difficult to read like I really make myself and it's like Mm. I think there's a wonderful book called The Shallows where I can't remember who it's by and this guy who wrote this book and he's talking about how all these gadgets are making us more stupid basically and our attention span has gone from something to to really reduced I mean I guess it's like back in the day where You'd have um, um, just one phone in the house, like so. Yeah. It's like if you were out, then you were out, weren't yeah. you? It's yes. like, but like kind of, and if you went on a holiday for two weeks, and you wouldn't talk to anyone, or you wouldn't be posting anything. No. It's just like you'd have that space. space. I know. And it's like again, we've read like people have like forty books piled up at you know well I do yeah. <laughs> my bed and then like start reading one book and then it's like and then start reading another one and you're so right yeah and it's like kind of you know I make myself now read yeah fiction and actually just get lost in a yeah. in a in a book yeah and whether it's reading or drawing or yeah, whatever it whatever is. it is but something that's not staring at a screen you know yeah and and um yeah that, but, but a lot of that as well for people when they're running from themselves yeah. and their emotions is it just keep you know you can only do that for so long and Mm -hmm. you know it's like you know that song the drugs don't work it's the phone don't work you know it gets to a point where even instagram or whatever your drug of choices and social media etc is gonna it's gonna it's addiction and it will stop being like every addiction it will come at a very high cost eventually Mm. and then and then you know i i totally believe in terms of i don't want to get too woo woo about these things but all of this um the suffering that we need to experience is part of how we grow. This is the inner activism piece. Yeah. It's like if yeah. you really allow yourself to go safely into your trauma, safely into your grief, using the body, not just your mind. The mind doesn't need any more knowledge. We need wisdom that comes from the body. Yes. But when you allow yourself to really go into that. To find your deep, to just go and, and sit with your deepest, darkest. Yes. Shadow stuff. stuff that you're, yeah, the stuff that you're most most afraid of yes that's when like you say it's like the growth that's when that's when we really really grow really grow and then we mm. can also be in service and as you know the yeah. bridge is big on service and that by yeah. by service I really mean you know it doesn't have to be Mother Teresa and Gandhi it can be you are in service to the world if you go out onto the streets of London and you are kinder to people if you smile at the guy that sells the big issue if you have a conversation with somebody that sells you like me the lipstick this morning in Mac you know and we just had a laugh together yeah. and that is a service like to the interaction, world interaction like, yeah so many, yeah again it's that yeah. isn't it and it's like we need we need more kindness in this world we don't need more sort of millionaire entrepreneurs do we no. we need no, no. just and more compassion like what are you going to be remembered for yeah 
exactly. how kind you were or how much you money know power got. or money you have yeah exactly yeah. and again i'm always one for quotes but i love that quote and it says some people are so poor all they've got is money mm. and it's really sadly true you know yeah. i know and i have worked with some very very wealthy people yes and they feel as they call it spiritually bankrupt and that's why they come knocking on the doors of the likes of you and i totally just wanting something yeah, it's different. not like it's not like depression or anxiety or these like you know when we're talking about pain body like um, autoimmune diseases that hit people um and ibs and all of these like these conditions it's not like it's a society thing is it it's not like you know some of the poorest people that i've met have been the happiest yeah, you know being on the streets of like from india or when i've been like to go like some just like some of the genuinely mm. happiest people that i have ever met and some of the richest people that I've met have been the most unhappy. Totally. So it's, yeah, it's just like, how can you reframe success? So, totally. And it's fa it's fascinating. You know, it's mm. like the, the extremes of the grandiosity and inferiority sort of body posture. So, you know, sometimes you get often it's a man and he's all sort of puffed up. And like he a comes, Superman. Yeah. And his like body's pose. kind of yeah. like a puffed and 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 it's all about yeah and telling me how much money he's got and and it's to me I just I look at that and I say okay so you've got some real core wounding around self-worth because otherwise you wouldn't need to tell me how much money you've got and puff your body up like that yeah. and then you get the other extreme which I call the 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 walking apology you know and it's when people hold their body and it's like a kind of collapsed unbounded uh, body uh, posture and it's like they're saying sorry by their very existence and yeah. that again my heart breaks for these people because I, I know where that comes from and they're both forms grandiosity and inferiority they're both forms of low self-worth yeah. because when you really value yourself and you really like yourself you don't have to be better than anyone it's just you and me it's just we're the same you know yeah. if, if you took all of that away it's like it's around identity isn't it yes. and purpose and yeah. it's like who am I without all of this? Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, if you take all of that away, actually, yeah, who am I? I guess it's like kind of like some people just find it so hard to retire because if they do retire, then they're like, when it's like that thing, of, you know, it's like dinner parties again. So when you get asked, well, what do you do? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, as I said, I can clear the decks yeah. with people in seconds. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same like me. I tell people like years ago, I teach people breath work. And people just like, okay, you yeah. teach people how to breathe. And like now, like people actually understand that yes. and they get it yes. and they understand the importance of and just yeah. like how actually can really change the way that we feel and think. And it's the same with the work that you do. It's like, which is great. You know, it's getting so much um, more accepted that um, with you can go and do this self work on yourself, then you're going to be much more productive in every area of yeah. your life, in your relationships, including with yourself, yeah. you know, how you function in society, what you contribute, how you're in service, every area of your life will improve if you dare to do your inner work. But it really is the road less traveled, you know. Mm. There's 14 people on a bridge experience. I mean, we limit it to that amount. Yeah. But really, you know, and, and in terms of the kind of male-female ratio, it's like 80% women, you know, and it's like, 
that it is really is the road less travel because people are too terrified or too busy or too distracted to go there. Yeah. And it's also that investment as well. People, especially in 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 uh, Britain, it's that thing of like, how much? How yeah. much are spending that? And of course, for some people, there's a very real um, issue around finances, which is that that they would never be able to afford you know two and a half thousand pounds to do the bridge as an example. Yeah. And that's why we have a bursary fund for those people. Yeah. But for other people, Bex, it really is about not wanting to invest. They buy a car or they buy a designer bag, but don't you or dare. Or go on a holiday. Yes. Kind of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know that phone. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But actually, invest that and, and, and what do I, Yeah, on myself yeah. and an inner world that I get. I get. I can't see something. I can't hold it. I can't smell the leather. You know, mm. it's like yeah. But what you will feel and what you will hold and what you will see is liberation. Yeah. And it's that living from that place. And it's. I tell you, I must have spent on my own journey of healing, which is ongoing. I must have spent hundreds of thousands of pounds, mm. probably, and it's the best money I ever spent. Yeah. spent better than any Prada bag I can tell you yeah. because I like myself and I really value myself and it allows me to c- contribute to the world and that allows me to sleep at night in peace you know yeah. I mean it's really necessary for us to do the work as well isn't totally. it you know you can't be holding a space for people like in this healing space if you haven't done the work yourself and that's I'm the same it's just I always kind of that's when you talk about self-care and when you're holding space for people like that you have to kind of then create a space where you go and do your work because there's always stuff to clear isn't it there's always some more once you start digging there's always a little bit more and it doesn't digging to do exactly and it brings us full circle to the social work thing you were saying about the beginning when I was coming from a wounded place trying to help all these children and it just ended up breaking me and I had a breakdown from it but but really just to continue to do your inner work doesn't I I I see it like going to the gym like you say brushing your teeth whatever I just and it's not always like oh um I have to you know most of my inner work now isn't related to my childhood because I've done so much work on my childhood it's just keeping on top of my um, emotional health, making sure if there is any reactivity or or any um, stuff that comes up from for me in my life, in my relationships, or how I treat myself, that I just keep, make sure that I clear that, and that yeah, includes because, because that is life is like it's not all peachy, is it? No. The whole way, the whole way through, it's no. like you're always going to get hit by stuff. You have amazing experience and wonderful, beautiful experiences, yeah. but also get hit by some stuff that's like that can be you know can totally take the carpet for away from your you know your feet exactly you know illness and you just like if you can be if you can be strong in your foundations mm. then you're more prepared for those stormy times aren't you totally it's a resilience for life bex that's mm. what what we're you know really talking about is that once you once you allow your body to heal, allow the emotions to be released, even the messy stuff like anger, which is life force, when you allow that to, to really flow safely from your system and you become clearer, lighter and more balanced, more sense of equilibrium, it's really then, you know, you come living from that place. It's mm. quite something. Yeah. You know, when you're working like we say, like when you're changes your relationship with yourself when you're checking on like your relationships with the people around you and also like the environment that you're in 
too mm. you know if you're kind of like you say noticing like the flowers yeah <laughs> noticing the trees around you and the bird song rather than just sort of going from a to b with your head in the phone yeah. and not noticing you know those yeah. it's like is that what's is that living or is that yeah. just existing? existing yeah yeah and and also like with all of these practices and rituals and kind of you know what we it's i think it's really you have to find what's works for you as well and every day I mean mm. it's like some people don't you know sitting meditating for an hour is not going to work for some and it's just like but it's all about practice isn't it it's like yes. for me running swimming that's my meditation yes. and then other little things that I do yes and I just as long as I keep on that and do the practice that every day and then you know it's very lucky because I live in the countryside so mm. I can go and be with nature and I can mm. go and sit by the stream and I can go and be with the trees which I just is is essential mm. for me essential because it's like being in the city you can energetically in london you can feel it can't you <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah yeah it's it and, and i need think... to sage the tubes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see how that goes down yeah. <laughs> um uh, it's all love man it's all love yeah. but um yeah i think but i think you know you say about the essential um the necessity of nature for you I think it's for everyone they've just forgotten mm. so I think you know when people I've, I've worked with people before and they say oh I don't do nature like city dwellers or I don't I'm um, like countryside and it's like that is we are nature so yeah. um and I think it's the same with animals when people say I don't like animals it's like what we are animals you know mm. so I think um I think it is for everybody it's just that they some people have forgotten yeah it's like we're living in an enormous mental asylum. <laughs> exactly. It's like when people say, you know, people sort of the whole idea of mental health and we've all got mental health. And yeah. some people say, oh, no, you know, my mental health is is fine. And it's like if you don't realise that you've got a bit a whiff of madness in this mad world, mm. then you're sicker then than I'm the rest of us. Then I'm a bit worried about you. <laughs> exactly. If there's no empathy or you don't, if you haven't got a slight sort of bit of anxiety exactly. or kind of fear about what is going on yeah. in the world right now, you're just exactly. like, you know just everything's great yeah kind of well kind of a bit worried about your empathy levels yeah which again if you live in if you live from the neck up yeah it's it's that's the thing you know i wrote when donald trump got erected uh, uh, erected (laughs) (laughs) you might want to edit that one out um when he got erected um i wrote a piece called the dark winged angels and it was really about what it, what Trump rep- rep- represents to us, you know, mm. and how, how, why are we not all weeping with despair? Not yeah. just, not just demonstrating, which is has its place, like you yeah. said with the uh, Extinction Rebellion, but, but really, why are we not all wailing with distress at what it means symbolically for our society that not about this man himself, but, but that he was even elected? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also him showing actually exactly what has been happening. In the, it's like, it's, he just kind of, it's almost like he just it's came to the surface, but it's all been happening for years anyway. And it's yeah. like, we've all been living in this trance where yes. we're just like, well, if we just carry on as we are, and I'm, what can I do? I can't really do anything. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and actually it's, I, I think it's like, you know, like with this work and the work that, that's why, you know, I love what I do. I think you love that you, what you do as well is it's like, we talk about sustainability and you know living in a sustainable world Mm. and like how much money is spent on the pharmaceutical industry Mm. through illness Mm. through stress Mm. i mean stress is like a real money-making machine Mm. and you know really like you say when you talk about investment Mm. and what people are spending on themselves to Mm. kind of like kind of go and do this work 
then like that is, you know, that investment is is worth its weight in gold rather than, you know, like it's like the governments, it's like, why are you not, you know, it's like breath, it's free. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like this is this is actually free. You don't have to actually pay, you know, if you can why can you not introduce like this whole thing about like in schools, like why don't we teach kindness, compassion and breathing techniques right from the very start? Yeah. And kind of comes a bit, becomes a bit sinister, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, but but on a very positive note, like more and more, it's like people are. I think you know, there's a movement and a shift, and people are recognizing that more now, like the importance of this, like around you know, self work, self care, self love, just doing yeah, doing the work, doing the work, and li- and also living authentically. I think there's a real kind of. Uh, backlash to like, like the sort of perfection of social media and the kind of Kardashian culture and all mm-hmm. that where people are you know there's wonderful people on social media and they're, they're like um, posting you know, really authentic shots of themselves you yeah. know like people like Bryony Gordon I and love that. Her. yeah and she's great and she just films herself and she's like yeah here I am and yeah. this is my face no filter no fancy nothing you yeah. know this is me like people just breathing a sigh of relief yeah like, exactly and it has yeah. that's the wonderful thing about authenticity is it is infectious and it has this mm. ripple effect and it's like it's like when like I saw rebellion. you yeah. yeah it's like when I saw you I immediately started breathing deeper you know and it's that by association and it's the same I see Bryony Gordon and I just immediately it gives me the the uh, impetus and the courage to be uh, more authentic you yeah. know and that's what is um the world needs is more and more people that live from their hearts and with boundaries doesn't mean yeah. that you're a walkover or the walking wounded absorbing totally. everything but you really live living from that heart and love place and then also just being more and more yourself which is the same thing actually and Mm -hmm. just being yeah here I am and all my you know warts or spots (laughs) or imperfections you know and um, I think there is a real like with anything when it goes to extremes as social media and all of that has really gone to extreme of addiction with gadgets and modern technology is that then it has to swing back and so I think there's this real coming back now to to seeing nature and food and silence as medicine and breath work and body work and all that kind of it's all that's it it's medicine isn't it it's all medicine medicine. it's all medicine and it's all natural it's all there waiting for you Mm -hmm. you just have to put down your phone long enough to notice like just want like a couple more questions that I really want to get in before we kind of close this up but just around like healing versus fixing so you know like in the breath with breath work I always say I'm not here to fix people I think it's really kind of quite dangerous as well for people to say that you know you're there I'm there to fix you or that, that um but healings what would you say is a difference between healing and fixing well first off i would say that in order to uh, fix something something has to be broken yeah and i don't believe that people are if we're talking about people i don't believe that people are broken they've just had uh, a ver- variety of life experiences that have wounded them so i say people are wounded um when they say they're broken i say no you're just wounded and that's very different uh 
uh, perspective than to see yourself as broken and damaged. You know, that's another yeah. word I really don't yes. like. It's, I'm damaged. It's like, no, you're not. You're or wounded. soiled or dirty yeah. or I'm holding on to this nasty negative. No, no, no. Yeah. No. So, so, yeah, so I think you can't, uh, we, we know we can't fix anybody else. Um, but also we don't need to because people aren't broken. Mm-hmm. And whereas healing I see as something that's really much, much more organic. And it is really healing is the same, like I said, with the wound or the bone. It's a real recovery from pain it's a recovery and and in my version of healing it is it also includes um service so when i talk about healing it's with a bigger a more global focus so the bridge is interested in people healing the individual wounds recovering from their individual wounds so that they can contribute and be in service to the collective wounds of the world yeah so that's what i see as it's really it's It's like that ripple effect of how you take it out yeah exactly yeah yeah well because we've it's like in that way that we look that that's it isn't it it's like intuition it's it's a sense isn't it that we all deeply have inside us and you know you see in in children when they kind of like they have access to that magic to that imagination when I see my little one the how what he creates and the stories and the lego and you know like he reignites that in me as well mm. and so with like that thing around intuition but also with navigation as well it's like kind of you know like again when we go like back in the day um where we didn't have phones you say oh, i'll meet you here and we would all meet there or we'd yeah. find it or like kind of you drive and somehow you would reach somewhere yeah, yeah. but because of technology it's just kind of just taken over yeah. so much of those senses totally and with that you know and it's and then so if we can reconnect again connection mm. and reconnect to our senses mm. then then that's how we can heal ourselves isn't totally it? Yeah. and it's that thing as well because it's like i go out some regularly i go out into the woods and um or into some new place that i don't normally walk and i don't like i did it the other day in ashdown forest and mm-hmm. i don't take a phone and then i deliberately let myself get lost yeah and i i just asked this guy i stopped him and i said oh could you just point me in the direction of da 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 and he said well, haven't you got a phone <laughs> i was like i didn't want to explain that i've left it at home you know i think i was a freak but i deliberately get lost and then and then allow myself to find my way back mm-hmm. with the help even of, of connection yeah you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's always good to get lost uh, now and again in, in every sense in no, life. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I do that as well, and then yeah. sometimes I have a mild panic, and then I'm like, oh my god, I've got to get Louis back from school, and <laughs> yeah. I'm lost. And yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, so um, how do you define success? Success. I don't. You know that word. It doesn't really mm. resonate for me. I don't really. I'm not interested in success. In and I know you can do an alternative version of success, which is a spiritual success, I guess. But I think we're all we all go through phases of life when we, in inverted commas, fail, which is never really a failure. Yeah. And we all go through phases and uh, of life when we have successes, if you want to call it that. But I'm not really interested in success. I'm interested in riding the waves and enjoying the view of yeah. the failures, so-called, and successes. Just like, woohoo, ride those waves, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Beautiful. So what would you tell your younger self? If you could meet her, like what wisdom, what mm. nuggets would you give her mm. today? I would tell little Donna and I have told little Donna it's all going to be all right and I would tell her 
I would whisper in her ear, you are loved. Donna, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, so I could pleasure. talk to you probably for well, a very long time. We'll probably have to do some of this, do this again. I'd love to. Thank um, you so much, yeah. Bex, really. It's so nice yeah. to speak to you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. So thanks so much, everybody. We're coming towards the end of this episode. And thank you so much, Donna. That was just so fun. And we'll have to do that again. As always, of each episode, we're providing a mini episode with a breathing exercise to support this theme. For this episode, I'll be sharing one about letting go. You can find this wherever you find your podcasts. I would love to hear your feedback. If you found it useful or if it helped you to feel more positive, your stories of how it's made a difference mean the world to me and it's why I love sharing breathwork. We all know someone going through challenging times and sometimes we don't know what to say. Maybe these breathing exercises can help navigate them through. I'm on Instagram at breathing.tree or to find out more about breathwork, check out my website, breathingtree.co.uk. This podcast was edited by Kazra Virosia and produced by One Fine Play. And remember to keep breathing and listening out for more inspiring episodes coming very soon.